know how Halloween got started? Um, a lot of people wanted candy. No. <laughs> that might be how trick-or-treating got started, but not Halloween. You might already know, but if you don't, the tradition of Halloween began as the Celtic festival of Samhain. People would light bonfires, disguise themselves in order to ward off spirits, as this was the time of year that the veil between the living and the dead was thinnest. As Christianity grew, unfortunately a lot of it was by force, a new holiday was put into place called All Saints Day. It was a holiday dedicated to celebrating the saints that didn't already have a holiday for themselves. That day is November 1st. A mass, or a sermon given, would be held called All Hallowmas, you know, a mass for the hallowed. And thus, the night before Halloween was called All Hallows Eve. Kind of like how we have Christmas and the night before is Christmas Eve. Right. And that is how Halloween got started. Ah, okay. Or at least why we call it Halloween. Hallows Eve. Halloween. Mm -hmm. Of course, Halloween itself, at its spirit, is a pagan tradition, or Celtic tradition, rather, with the Festival of Samhain. But why we call it Halloween is because Christianity took over. Huh. But welcome back. And if you're here for the first time, welcome to Crime and Theory. A podcast dedicated to everything outside the parameters of normal. We are your hosts, Ashley. And Erin. That was really enthusiastic. I was going for a spooky vibe here, sir. Uh, I, 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 I didn't know that we were changing <laughs> you it up. You failed me. Because <laughs> I know the last episode that we, we did. We, yeah, I'm going we with the theme. It. Oh. And Erin. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a little too far. But thank you. Thank you for trying. You're welcome. <laughs> week two of spooky season. How was your week, Aaron? Probably full of candy. Probably. Mine is another week of self-reflection about where I stand at the age of 30. But that's fine, too. I'm kidding. I am actually looking forward to being 30. And I will probably enjoy being 30 when this episode drops. Next episode, I will be regretting candy. Probably. And regretting all of the cake that I'm going to make you eat in celebration of Crit Keepers and my birthday. Yeah. Not leftover cake. I just want to keep the celebration going. I'm going to make cake every week. So much cake. Yeah. Some people are bread winners. We are cake winners. It's a thing. And if it's not, we're making it a thing. Should be. Yeah. But how is your week going? My week is... At the time of this episode is going fine. I am going to claim it. I'm going to claim that the rest of the year is going to be good to me. It doesn't have a choice. It's the law. Yeah. I've got to go into my 30s right, you know. I can't just half-butt it. So this year has got to meet me somewhere and, you know, help me out a little bit. You know what would be so cool for, What's like, that? your 30th birthday? If what? you got, like, a Junji Ito-inspired tattoo. Oh, that would be great. Ooh. I know that the guy behind Demographic will never listen to this, but if he ever did, if he ever wanted to design me a tattoo, whatever it was, I would get it. That would be cool. That would be great. I mean, I know that he's not Junji Ito himself, 
but his artwork is super inspired by that and it's so good. Close enough. I love his creepy Pokemon. Yes, Creepymon. Yeah, Creepymon. All right, you ready to cover another haunted country? You know it. I know, you know I know. This week, we're heading to the Highlands and hunting for ghosts at Stirling Castle and Glamis Castle. Lord and Lady Macbeth not included. <laughs> Let's get started. Sources for today are learningreligion.com for that tidbit of Halloween at the very beginning, thecourier.co.uk, highlandtitles.com, ghoststory.co.uk, oklahoman.com, strangely enough, scotlandwelcomesyou.com, visitscotland.com, I sure would like to, (laughs) and sterlingghostwalk.com. So, I know I didn't say it in this order, but I want to go for Glamis first. Are you good with that? Yeah. Wonderful. I'm here just for the, to enjoy the ride. It's a roller coaster, I'm telling you. So, growing up, Macbeth was always one of my favorite plays. It is still today my favorite play. Romeo and Juliet doesn't hold a candle to Macbeth. And if you're listening in a theater, I'm so sorry. But why are you listening to us in a theater? You should be enjoying the show. Or acting in the show. That, yeah. Yeah. Rehearse your lines. Yeah. Yeah. Also, before we get started, I want to throw in that I said something about how you shouldn't say Macbeth out loud in a theater. And because Aaron stopped me when I said the word and he said, you can't say that. I said, only in a theater. He said, but all the world's a stage. You got me. You're you got welcome. me there. I can't argue that, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I come back with witties. It's very rare, so we have to document it. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kind of. I'm kind of kidding. I don't know. It's true. But I know that the real Macbeth never actually stayed in Glamis. Ever. But it's still an important location of the play, so that's why I'm making the connection here. But Glamis is reputed to be the most haunted castle in all of Scotland. And you might be thinking, how haunted can Scotland be? Their national animal's a unicorn. Yeah, it's haunted. As nice as they try to make it seem with their little unicorn guy. Nope. Still haunted. You know what would be cool? Mm. A ghost unicorn. Just finding one of those. Yeah. I mean, it's probably got its soul sucked out by Voldemort, but eh, you never know. Now, the Queen Mother herself, so Queen Elizabeth II, the current queen, her mom, is said to have seen plenty of spirits in this castle. Now, I know she's no longer with us, but she said, too, that she saw plenty of spirits. Just to preface how spooktacular this place is... There is literally a room called the Hangman's Chamber. And my interest is intrigued. Peaked, if you will? Yes. And this isn't the Hangman's Quarters. No, no. This is where it's believed a butler took his own life via hanging. Oh. And that is just the 
tip of the iceberg. The current structure was built in the 15th century around the central tower, so that is the 1400s, good sir. This tower's walls are 16 feet thick in some places. Just a fun fact. Jeez. I know. That's more than three of me. That's about three of me. Yeah, that's three of me exactly. Huh. Anyway, by the 18th century, the castle was mostly empty. Now I'm going to start measuring things in Ashley's. Yeah. Five foot four times it by three. <laughs> 16 feet. There we go. The wall is three Ashley's thick. <laughs> three of me thick. <laughs> now, the castle found itself empty because the owners preferred to live elsewhere. Because here's the deal. Glamis is really drafty and isolated. And just to be honest, it's a bummer of a place to live. It's just so dreary. I don't know. If you're a really hardcore introvert, that sounds like... You know, I was thinking that the whole time I was researching. I could do it. It's fine. Me and the ghosts will hang out. (laughs) Sounds like happy time castle land. Well, I know where Kelsey and I are going. And Vicky. Justin won't go. That's Uh, fine. He has no choice. No, we'll just drug him. It's fine. I'm kidding. We're not drugging anybody. That he'll remember. And see, Jason would miss Kelsey too much, so he has to come along too. It's a whole thing. It's true. We got this. Very true. No, I need my other Gryffindor with me. Had to figure out shenanigans. Anyway, the castle was left in the hands of a factor. So basically a caretaker. While it was in the hands of said factor, a young Walter Scott applied in 1790 to spend the night at the castle. If you don't know who Walter Scott was, he was a novelist, poet, and playwright back in the day. He was literally a triple threat. That was a wrong use of the word literal. I did that on purpose. Don't, don't grammar me. He had his account from the castle published in 1830, and it stated, quote, I must own, as I heard door after door shut, I began to consider myself as too far from the living and somewhat too near to the dead. End quote. He also claimed that Glamis had a secret room within its walls. Within 50 years of this visit, rumors started to swirl about the hidden chamber and how it concealed a captive. By the 1840s, reports were claiming that the chamber concealed a quote-unquote monster who was actually the rightful heir to Glamis, but who was so quote-unquote unrepresentable that it was again, quote-unquote, necessary to keep him out of sight and out of possession. Feels like Man in the Iron Mask. Was that why he had an iron mask? No, he wasn't deformed or anything, but he was hidden away, so that way his doppelganger or twin or whatever it was could rule France. Ugh. Anyway, again, not exactly like it, but the whole hiding away the rightful heir thing. The rumor was that this monster was actually a member of the Bose Lion or Bose Leon, I don't know how to say it, family. Many researchers began the... That's not right. Many researchers believe that the prisoner was specifically Thomas Bose Lion. I'm going to say Lion, who was a son of Thomas, Lord of Glamis. Ooh, that rhymed. And his <laughs> wife and... They were actually the great-great-grandparents of the current queen. Officially, records state that this boy died on the day of his birth, 
the 21st of October, 1821. But others believe that this official document is part of a larger cover-up. We're covering everything at Halloween conspiracy theories, homicide. We're just Would this technically be a kidnapping? No. They didn't take the child from anyone. It's oh. their own child. Just locked him up. Yeah. That's pretty sad. I mean, when... Because he was physically deformed. Yeah. Yeah. As rumors snowballed, by the second half of the 19th century, it was reported that the baby had been born so, quote, hideously twisted in body that he could never be allowed to inherit the title, end quote. And this is just absolute cruelty, but people took to calling the child a human toad and flabby egg. That disgusts me. That literally makes my stomach churn to say it. Wow. That's mean. Yeah. And I won't contradict anything with logic on how the child may have actually died at birth, but nobody should ever call anyone this garbage. This is ridiculous. James Wentworth Day spent time at Glamis researching this family, and he was able to give a more detailed description. He said, quote, It was a creature fearful to behold, a deformed caricature of humanity, his chest an enormous barrel, hairy as a doormat, his head ran straight into his shoulders, and his arms and legs were toy-like. That's hard to paint that picture well the way he described it when you see a painting i'm gonna feel disgusting saying this but when you see a picture of humpty dumpty in a fairy tale book or something and he's a giant egg with very thin arms and legs yeah and he doesn't have a neck because he's an egg yeah that's literally how he's described oh except harry is a doormat was the only thing added wonder if they... I don't... If this is the origin of Humpty Dumpty. Oh, I doubt that. That was probably written well before. But, he continued, quote, However warped and twisted his body, the child had to be reared to manhood, kept safe, and occasionally exercised on the castle parapets away from prying eyes. End quote. This was a human being, not a horse to take out of the stable. No, I don't know why I was thinking Humpty Dumpty. Not Humpty Dumpty, Hunchback. I said Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, I know you said Humpty Dumpty, but I was like the Humpty Dumpty origin. Not Humpty Dumpty. You were thinking the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I feel like they're they're treating this guy the same way. Oh, definitely. Oh, and we can just say the royal family is Judge Frollo. There we go. Yeah, there we go. But everybody seems to talk about this poor soul like he was less than human. I'm offended. But given the day, that's exactly how he was seen. His set of rooms are rumored to have been bricked up after his death, and his spirit is said to haunt the grounds and battlements. One story says that guests who were once staying at the castle decided that they were going to hang towels out of every window from the inside. That way, when they went outside, they could look at the windows and see which windows didn't have a towel. Those must be the rooms that were bricked up. But when they got outside... Towels that they had hung were apparently missing. What? I guess whatever lives in that castle did not want them to find those secret rooms. That's crazy. It was either that or there were windows without towels in them indicating that there was a secret suite. But I think 
that it was indicating that the towels that they hung were missing. Like, way too, logically way too many of them were not there. Yeah, that's how I took it. Anyway, let's move on. This one is exceptionally gory. There is the ghost of a woman said to wander the grounds, but as always, she's not your average everyday ghost. This woman is seen pointing to her face, which is horribly wounded, and when she opens her mouth, blood pours from it. I still wonder what ghost blood looks like. Yeah, ghost blood. Ectoplasm? Ectoplasm's white. I don't know. I think it would be like black or something. Or maybe it would just be green for all we know. I don't know. This woman is also seen looking out from a barred window in the castle. And the story behind her presence is that she was a serving maid who accidentally heard a terrible secret that was known only to the Earl of the castle at the time. She made the brash decision to threaten the Earl to tell his secret. That's never a good thing to do. No, because you know what's coming next. He got angry, and the Earl ordered the guards to cut out her tongue and then kill her. She supposedly broke free from her assailants after her tongue was cut out, though, and she was killed when she ran. Ooh, that's... I'm trying not to make this funny, but the only thing I can think of is that's really hard to swallow. Just that, that... It's hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. When you get wounded, especially severely, you get that adrenaline pumping. So I guess she could have mustered the strength and desensitized herself to the fact that her tongue was missing to run away. But I mean, like, essentially, I mean, they wouldn't even have to chase her down or try to kill her. Because, I mean, once your tongue is cut out, isn't that like a instant death sentence? No, not at all. Really? Yeah, plenty of people had their tongues cut out and they lived to not tell the tale, but show what happened. Because I was thinking of that one, uh, is it Junie Tyson? That anime? That crazy bunny dude? Yeah. Bit his tongue, killed himself. Is that how he died? I don't remember. Well, that's not how he... I don't want to spoil it for people. Let's not spoil it then. We'll talk about that after the show. But, no, you can live without a tongue. Huh. Yeah. I mean, given that day and age, the likelihood of infection was high. Yeah. But it's not instant death. Now, the next story of Glamis is the Grey Lady. This woman likes to haunt the family chapel. Do all castles have a chapel? I've never been in one. Do they? Because that's really neat. Also, do all castles seem to have ghost ladies? Look. I I feel like that seems to be a Look, okay, as a woman, I'm just saying... We would be the only ones to logically want to haunt a place. And I, I guess if you're going to haunt a place, might I, as well make it a castle. That's true. And, you know, that's what I'm saying is women, not all women, uh, me. I'm speaking about me. I'm not speaking <laughs> about anybody but me, okay? <laughs> but if I'm going to haunt a place, it's going to be a big fancy location. Yeah. It's like Disney World. But. Gotta keep it bougie. Yeah. Just a little bit. I feel like a very impactful death, a very traumatic death, leads to more ghosts. And if you look at the time periods that these ghost women are from, life was not good to them. Yeah. These women didn't even have epidurals. I'm just saying. Suicides or 
fighting in some kind of war. Right. That that seems to be the most male ghosts. But this gray lady also haunts the clock tower of Glamis. The gray lady is believed to be Janet Douglas, a.k.a. Lady Glamis, who was burned at the stake as a witch in 1537. She was accused of poisoning her first husband, John Lyon? Leon? Lyon? Lord Glamis, in 1528, but was cleared of this crime. Lots of women being accused of poisoning their husbands. First Ireland, now Scotland. My goodness. <laughs> but since she was cleared, she was free to marry her second husband, Archibald Campbell of Skipness. But in 1537, she was accused of planning to poison King James V of Scotland and was accused of communicating with her brothers, who were part of several conspiracies against the king. Of course, this wasn't true on her part, but she was sent to Edinburgh... English. But she was sent to Edinburgh Castle's dungeon anyway. And Edinburgh is a castle that deserves its own episode. So we're not discussing that one this week. King James could not find any evidence against Lady Glamis, of course. So, like all witch hunts, he had her friends, family, and servants alike tortured to, quote-unquote, find the truth. Men in the witch trials had a severe lack of common sense. I mean, the whole witch trial thing was a lot of lack of common sense. You're correct, sir. I mean, at least the Salem witch trials have the whole ergot poisoning thing as a possibility, you know? These people were just evil. But, uh, I just had a thought real, just real quick. Sure thing. You know, why are there not a lot of ghosts of, like, the royal food testers? Maybe these poisonings were slow, and they had time to make peace with life and or God, you know? Yeah. It wasn't just a sudden death. That's my guess. Because I guess they didn't have access to, what is it, like? Antitoxin? Well, I was going to say, like, arsenic? Is that what kills you really quick? I don't know if arsenic kills you really quickly. Or whatever that poison is. I don't know how poisons work. I've never poisoned anybody. (laughs) And that makes me happy to know. Well, I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) And that you have not looked into quick poisons versus slow poisons. (laughs) I probably should just for future episodes sake. Not to poison you though. I like you too much. Oh, yay. Yeah. But there's like, I know there has to be like some kind of poison that kills. I mean, it's not a quick death by any means, but. It's a soon death. But either way, you still have a few minutes to make that peace, you know? Yeah. It's not just, oh, all of a sudden the guillotine got you and your head's lobbed off. Right. Although you've got time to make peace before that happens too, so I don't know. Now, of course, the king was able to extract the answers that he wanted to hear. So Janet was later convicted and burned at the stake at Castle Hill, Edinburgh on 17th of July, 1537. And she is Glamis's gray lady now. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if she cursed anyone before she died. I'm just saying, if I had to be tied to a stake and lit a flame, because that is one of the scariest ways in my head that I could die, I would be screaming, shouting, and cursing anyone that even looked at me. I mean, I wouldn't mean it, but doesn't matter if I mean it or not. I want them scared. Yeah. Regret what they did. So many regrets. How dare they kill me? I'm a delight. I know, right? <laughs> Now, let's talk about Earl Beardy. Yes, I said Beardy. Last name Beardy. Not his last name. That was a nickname. Oh, I was going to ask if that was his first name. No. And let's also talk about how the devil didn't just stick to Ireland for card games. Alexander. I, I heard he does like to roam. You know, same. 
this is proof, I guess. <laughs> Alexander Lindsay, the fourth Earl of Crawford, was also known as Earl Beardy, I think because he had a big bushy beard. He was allegedly a very cruel and twisted drunkard of a man. It's also alleged that he once had a servant of color stripped naked and forced to run around the grounds for his own and some other Earl's entertainment. Now, it wasn't just, oh, haha, look at this naked man running around. This entertainment was a literal manhunt. Oh my God. The Earls chased this poor man down with hunting dogs and allowed the dogs to physically tear him apart. Jeez. So I think we found the real monster of Glamis, Mystery Solved. Uh, uh, yeah. That is terrible. Oh, yeah. Now, the legend goes that the Earl was visiting Glamis on a Sunday night, and upon returning to his room, he was shouting in a drunken rage. Sorry, rage. Remember, I said he was a drunkard. For someone to play cards with him. But it was a Sunday, and an observation of the Holy Sabbath, nobody would agree to play. Because, especially back then, and some of us today think, hey, not a good time to mess with God or test him right now, okay? So he shouted that he would play the devil himself. He literally challenged Satan to a card game. And shortly after he said this, there was a knock on the door. And a... Huh? Do it. <laughs> and a tall gentleman in a long, dark coat appeared. He offered to play cards with the Earl. The two men went to a room and they slammed the door shut. A great deal of swearing and shouting was heard coming from the room where they played. One servant looked through the keyhole to see what in the world was going on, and that servant wound up being blinded in the eye he used to peek by a beam of bright light. Oh, jeez. This mystery man is reported to have been the devil, having won the Earl's soul in a card game. But joke's on Satan, because I don't think that guy had a soul. <laughs> but the legend says that the Earl was condemned to play cards until doomsday for daring to play cards on the Sabbath. Here's my thing. I don't think Satan respects God. Uh. I don't think he would be mad about the guy playing cards on the Sabbath. So why would he? I'm not going to argue it. I'm not going to argue it. You know what? Fine. Fine. There have been reports of children being woken in the middle of the night with a dark figure looming over their beds. Remember, Earl Beardy haunts the place. He sounds like a general cretin anyway. There are sounds of shouting, stomping feet, banging doors, and swearing coming from the West Tower, which is where the game is said to have taken place. We gotta go. Also, outside the castle, they have a walkway Yeah. that has actual carvings of characters from Macbeth. What? Yeah. I just want to go do that. I know, right? Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Right? Also, I noticed a lot of bed looming for ghosts. Well, I feel like maybe what's happening... Here we go. I'm actually jumping on this bandwagon. I feel that ghosts might be more active at night, and there's a lot of bed looming and weight being put on the bed by ghosts because they gain more energy at night. Think about it. Somebody's asleep. What are they doing? They're replenishing their inner battery. So that ghost can siphon that energy from that person. And then boom, they've got more abilities at night. That's my guess. What are they treating us like 
ghost slushies? Yes. They're sucking our souls. Mm-hmm. Huh. Not our literal souls, but... Yeah. Kind of like when you're around a bunch of people and you come home and you don't realize that you were exhausted while you were there and you come home and you're stupid exhausted. Energy vampires. That's what ghosts are. That's yeah. the phrase I'm looking for. And residents and guests alike have reported seeing a bearded man wandering the castle and others have... Compl- rephrased. And others have claimed to have been touched by this spirit. Oh, yeah. Ghosts don't like to keep his hands to himself. No. Now, ironically, here is a tale that sounds like it is fresh out of a Shakespearean play. In 1486, members of the Ogilvy clan sought shelter from Lord Glamis because their enemies, the Lindsays, were in pursuit of them. Honestly, what is with Ireland, Scotland, and... Er, clans. What's with clans? Families just trying to kill each other off, kill off other clans. Why? Why? For what? A moment of glory? Why? Anyway, Lord Glamis did the good and noble thing and allowed the Ogilvy clan entrance into his home. He instructed them to hide in a chamber. Only the Ogilvy clan didn't exactly know that Lord Glamis was in cahoots with the Lindsays. So he locked the Ogilvy clan in this chamber and let them die a slow and miserable death by giving them no food or water. Supposedly, they were discovered weeks later. One, only one member, was barely clinging to life, and he only survived as long as he did by eating the flesh of his own clan. Oh, no. And not just eating the flesh, raw flesh. Think about it. There was no way to cook. And I'm assuming he was just left there to die because he was already on the brink anyway. Because a few years later, the Earl of Strathmore was disturbed by noises coming from the walled-up chamber. He decided that he was going to break in and see what in the world was going on there. When he opened the door, he found piles of skeletons which, quote, lay twisted and contorted in the last agonies of starvation, end quote. That's how you get Wendigos. Oh, that's true. We need to do a Wendigo episode. We do. And even today, that chamber is supposed to give off really weird vibes, which causes some visitors to become very uneasy and not be able to stay in there very long. Can't say that I blame them. Neither. And, of course... There are your basic hauntings as well, such as a variety of faces appearing in windows, a bent old woman who carries a bundle of, I don't know, it just said a bundle, to the middle of the courtyard before she disappears. She sounds cute. (laughs) Screams coming from empty rooms and the sound of hammering in the dead of night. There's also the ghost of a mischievous page boy seen in the sitting room who sits atop a small stone seat just inside the door. Great, more ghost kids. (laughs) Look, I'm not saying there aren't ghost children. I'm just saying that if any ghost is going to be a demon, it's going to be a ghost child. Because think about it, they're all cute and innocent and they lure you in and then all of a sudden, snap the trap. Your soul's been siphoned by Satan. You've become a Satan Slurpee. I cannot believe I'm entertaining this thought. (laughs) But here we are. And that was Glamis Castle. Yay. Yay. I really want to read some Shake... Mm. 
English. I really want to read some Shakespeare right here, like quote the three witches, double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. There we go. I did it. There you go. And our second castle of the evening. I'm just assuming you're listening in the evening. I don't know when you're listening. It could be broad daylight, but I like the whole aesthetic of candles lit, a mug of warm, not too hot, cocoa. (laughs) Not too, too hot. Don't scald your tongue on your cocoa. Burritoed up in a blanket and listening to all the pops and creaks of your house. Maybe eating a burrito. Also a good plan. And on to Sterling Castle. Every time I read the word Sterling, all I can think about is Archer. Oh, I found a cheerio. Oh, okay. That was random. But all right. We solved the mystery of the lost cheerio. Thank you so much. You're You're a great detective. Poirot's got nothing on you. wonder why Magoo never ate that one. I mean, he had like all day to find it. Our dog sleeps constantly. You think he's really going to find that? Yeah, you're right. That's what I thought. Literally have to put them in front of him for him to eat them. You're right. He's so lazy. He really is. I love him so much. And his little sniffer barely works half the time. You're right. He's so cute. But on to Sterling Castle now that we've solved the case. There is no actual confirmation about when the castle was first built. But records date back to at least the 12th century. That's the 1100s, dude. Jeez. It was seized by Edward I of England back in 1296, and the next year, in 1297, it was taken back by William Wallace. You know who that is? Wait a minute. Is that the Highlander? No, that's Braveheart. Oh! And basically what happened with this castle was... It was taken, it was taken back, it was taken, it was taken back. And that's kind of the history here. So as you can imagine, there was a lot of death, heartbreak, bloodshed, all the makings for a good haunted location. Now what caught my attention about this one was all of the colorful ghosts they have. Because a while back, I was having a conversation on Instagram with Marissa, who suggested our South Africa episode. Yeah. Super great. We were talking about how ghosts don't typically have much color. Like, it's either red, gray, or white. That's it. But Scotland has us covered. Why did you gasp? I don't know. I thought I was going to say something, and then I got lost for words. Oh. So first up is the green lady of Stirling Castle. A green ghost? A green ghost. Some people say she was the daughter of a commander of the fortress who threw herself from Elphinstone Tower onto the rocks below when her father broke off her romance with a common soldier boy. It wasn't like he just told her she could no longer see him, though. It was way more permanent than that. Her father had the boy shot and she killed herself in her grief. But other people argue this, and they say that the Green Lady was a servant girl employed by Mary, Queen of Scots. The story behind that is in 1562, Mary went back to Stirling Castle after 20 years in France and after her young husband Francis passed away. The serving girl wasn't one who returned with Mary, though. She was a Highland girl who was supposedly gifted with second sight, so she was already there when Mary came back. This girl had a premonition that if the queen slept even one night within the walls of Stirling Castle, 
she would not live to see another day. Even though the girl was terrified, she told the queen what she was worrying about, and Mary was actually pretty cool about it. She listened to the girl, and she even allowed the girl to stay in her chamber that night to watch over her while she slept. That way, the girl could call for help if she needed it. That night, Mary fell asleep really quickly because she had just traveled so far and she was exhausted. The girl, fearing the worst, she barred the door to the bedroom and she lit a candle so if the queen woke up, she wouldn't wake up in total darkness and be panicked or disoriented. That was awfully nice of her. But as the night went on, the girl started to get really tired herself. She's the human, you know, she's gonna get tired. So she started to feel a little bit ridiculous about being afraid to begin with because as the night wore on, nothing was happening. And logically, there wasn't anything to be afraid of. She sat there watching the flame of the candle, and we all know what that's like. It's stupid hypnotic. So she grew more and more tired, and all she wanted was to just shut her eyes for a minute. No big deal, just a minute. So she did. And when she opened her eyes, the room was brightly lit. But surely it couldn't be daylight already. She tipped the candle over, didn't she? Somehow... The candle had fallen over and caught the room on fire. She tried to wake Mary, but she couldn't. The queen was unconscious. So the girl used all her strength to pick the queen out of bed and carry her to safety. So what happened? Well, Mary, Queen of Scots, lived another 22 years. But it's believed that the girl died that night in the fire, saving the queen's life. Nobody knows her name. But the color of her nightgown is remembered green. Her spirit is seen roaming the halls of Sterling. And if you see her, she's known to be a harbinger of doom. Which is really sad because if she had just ignored her premonition, everything would have been fine. She caused her own premonition to come true. So she is forever doomed to pay penance for her mistake that in the end took no life but her own. Man, that's sad. That's tragic. But man, that's a good ghost story. I I, I was about to say, it was a good story. Tragic. But that was a pretty solid uh, ghosty. Agreed. Just a couple more to go with these colorful spirits. Then there's the pink lady. And no, that's not a reference to the movie slash play Grease. Some legends say that the pink lady was a noble woman of the borough who was engaged to a Scottish knight who protected the fortress against the English siege in 1304. He, for some reason, starved to death, along with many of his fellow soldiers. And when she found out about his fate, she was heartbroken. So much so that she literally died of a broken heart. She's said to wander between Kirk Tower and the castle, waiting for Judgment Day so she can be reunited with her lost love. Other people argue that the ghost is the spirit of Mary Witherspoon, who was an old widow and the only known victim of a group of grave robbers known as the Resurrection Men. Okay, that's a cool name for a gang of grave robbers. What? I mean, I know they're not good dudes, but... That's a cool thing to call yourself. Wait, say, what was it again? The Resurrection Men. 
All right, we're making a group in D&D of just straight up necromancers. I was just thinking the same thing. I know, thing. because I know you well. We've got the A-Man, and now the Resurrection Man. Yeah, we got this. I'm on it. Like, it Sorry, sounds, Jason, we made another reference. This sounds like a movie title. It does. Dude. Yes. These men would steal not things out of the graves, not valuables. They would steal the flesh of the newly deceased to sell to surgeons for study and dissection. How Frankenstein is that? Oh, man. Ugh. But that's how we came across so many medical advancements. Grave robbing. It's true. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But the grave robbers, after killing the widow Witherspoon, were actually found pretty quickly. But as for Mary's body, it was never found. What? I have a theory that if she is the ghost and these resurrection men did kill her, they probably flayed her body and took her flesh to surgeons for dissection and study. But her soul now wanders, eternally seeking to be reunited with her body. And of course, sadly by now, she's definitely doomed to eternally search because her body is dust. Because it's 2020. There's yeah. no way her body's still preserved. But I can't get off the whole Resurrection Men thing. That's just such a solid title. Yeah. I mean, what they did was terrible, but... Yeah. Give credit where credit's due. That is a good name. Yeah. Now, just before this spirit appears, one can smell the scent of rose blossoms. Rose blossoms was allegedly the Widow Witherspoon's favorite scent. What? Okay, look... If there's a ghost and they're going to smell good, I can't, I can't be mad. They're going to bring me the smell of a garden. I'm happy. Like, we're going to be friends. I'm sorry you're dead. Just don't hurt me. We're cool now. Especially if they smell like baked goods. Oh, yeah. Or bacon. Bacon or bread or cake. That's it. I know what I'm going to smell like when I die. When I come back as a ghost. Inevitably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to smell... Like candied bacon. Done. So if any of you smell candied bacon after I die, that's me. Hi. <laughs> and lastly, we have the Black Walk's Black Lady. This is the spirit of a nun who prowls the Black Walk, which is the pathway that circles the Holyrood graveyard. Following the line of the Borough Walk, the story goes that this nun is seeking to be reunited with someone too. Her secret lover, a priest. Now that's scandal. That's super scandal. That is. I want to know what happened though. Why is she seeking to be reunited? What happened there? There's a story. There has to be a story there. Like, was he killed? Did he commit suicide in his guilt? Or did she kill herself and she's now wandering to be reunited? Is this like a Romeo and Juliet scenario? What's happening? Was there a secret love child? Oh, that's a good question. But it is said that to have her gaze upon you is to die before the next sunrise. So if you ever come across her, better hide fast or make peace with your God because death is imminent. You look terrified. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty scary. And you believe in ghosts, so I guess it would be scary. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want the last thing I see is a terrifying nun. Oh, 
is she a, a color? The black ghost. The oh, black okay. lady of the black walk. Okay. Because, you know, nuns' habits and stuff. Uh, they were black. Okay. Yeah. I want more colored ghosts. Yes. A thousand percent. There needs to be like a chartreuse. A Neon orange. Yes. Burple. Blurple. Blurple. Which is a blue-purple hybrid, also known as violet. No, indigo. Indigo. Yeah. Orange. I said neon orange. Oh, yeah. I want a ghost lit up like a traffic cone. Yeah. Or Dragon Ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dragon Ball colors, some blue and orange going on. Look, I here's the thing. I think the reason a lot of ghosts don't have a lot of colors to them is because the clothes they wore back in the day were all probably pretty drab. I mean, only the richest people were able to pay to have their clothes dyed vibrant colors. Average everyday people, their clothes were very basic and dull colored. Either white, tan. No, not even white because white stained. Oh, yeah. And they didn't wash their clothes like ever. A lot of brown. Yeah. Lots of shades of brown. Brown, gray, that sort of thing. Brown ghosts. Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to do some research on that. I don't know if that came out clear. I'll have to do some research on that. There we go. Yeah. Well, when I die, I want to be wearing like the brightest colored suit I could find. Yes. But I like that you think you're going to wear a suit. Or just whatever. No, no. I think you would look very nice as a suit ghost. Aw. Suit ghost. Yeah. Very brightly colored suit ghost. Tuxedo ghost. Oh, we should... Our ghosts should look like we're from the 1950s. Yeah. They had very nice clothes. Or the 40s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were dapper. Now, I might never see you again after we die because I'm going to haunt Disney. I think we've been through this. Yeah. It's Galaxy's Edge. That's in Disney, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you'll haunt Disney with me, we'll see each other from time to time. I will dress up like a Jedi. Oh, that's a good idea. And then when you fade, it can be like when the Jedis go yeah. on. Okay. Mm. I see now. I done figured my, my ghost life out. There we go. That is it for our list of ghost stories this week. Now that we are good and into the holiday spirit, it feels like a good time to warn you that you may want to grab a Bible for next week. And if you aren't religious, you may want to grab a Bible just to cover your bases. Or at least, I don't know, talk to a priest, have them bless some water for you. Something. Because we're going to be talking about some demonic position. And as big of a skeptic as I am, I don't think that every possession is a possession. I think that mental illness is a very real thing. Right. There are some things that make me question. And being someone who is religious, I believe that demonic possession is a possibility. I don't think it's every time, but I think that people today can be possessed. And we are going to discuss a very recent demonic possession. Oh, my like within our relationship timeline. Oh. Yeah. I can already feel my the hairs on the back of your neck. Yeah. Already like getting ready to stand up. It's cool. We'll we'll grab our Bibles. 
just to be safe. So say it'll be fine. a prayer for us. <laughs> and we'll say a prayer for ourselves. And for you. You know, just to make sure you don't wind up possessed. Yeah. And next week, or the week after, <laughs> it's going to get dark. But you guys know where to find us by now, right? So, as always, if you have any wild encounters of the spirit world or the true crime world or any conspiracy theories or anything really that you would like to discuss with us, feel free to write in at crimeandtheory at gmail.com and rate, review, follow on Spotify. Do what you gotta do. That way you know when we come out with a new episode. Crit Keepers as well. Also, follow on Crit Keepers, and I keep forgetting to say this, but if you've watched Crit Keepers by now, our Dungeon Master Justin also has his own YouTube channel called Really Bad Gamer. His logo is a trash can with a headset over it because he thinks he is a trash gamer. (laughs) He's actually pretty good. But if you like watching people do gameplay and stuff on YouTube, then please go subscribe to him because Justin is a great person and he deserves love too. Yeah. But subscribe to Crit Keepers as well. Oh. And watch us play D&D and act like a bunch of lunatics. And if you don't know what we look like, like there if you don't follow us on Instagram, boom, there's there your you, answer. There you go. You get to hear us talking really bad accents and voices and make really weird faces and possibly make really dumb decisions. What more could you want, really? You get to laugh at us. It's a good time. Is there anything else you want to say, honey? Uh... Alright, well, we're going to go mentally and spiritually prepare ourselves to talk about some demons. Demons. Matt demons. <laughs> some Matt demons. In that case, stay safe this week, guys. Don't look a nun in the eyes. And as always... Don't get haunted. We will see you guys next Thursday.